0: Go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. Nothing really new here today. We're just going over some things that you know, and we'll remind you. Of these things that you know. Uh, title today is clueless. How many's ever been clueless? How many know someone that's clueless? How many's married? No, we won't go <laughs> that way. Matthew twenty-five. More reading than I usually do, but we'll do this. And at the close, I have some extra reading as well. Verse number 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now we get into this here. For I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Works does not save anyone. But I can tell you, if you're truly saved, you will have good works. There's the acid test. That's the acid test. A person that's meaner than a junkyard dog with AIDS and can't have a kind word for anyone and hates everybody, and, but bless God, I'm saved. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Saving faith will produce good works in a person's life. It just will. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, here's the clueless part. When did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When we, did we see you as a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and we came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Father, I am believing, God, upon this message that it's going to be a practical of importance to a lot of people that's here. God, I am believing that it's going to fall upon good ground. It will take root and it will grow and bear forth fruit in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so close To Matthew 24, but I need to say a few things about that. We're right there. We're just right there. And let me give you a synopsis. See, you didn't know I knew that fancy word, did you? (laughs) Give you a synopsis of Matthew chapter 24. The next big thing on God's calendar will be the rapture of the church. And I thought of this this week. Let's just call that word release. There's going to be a release For the people of God around the world, that's going to happen when God says in a moment, and that Greek word is in a tomos, and it's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible except right there. God's saying, I am looking for a moment in time that's never happened before, but when in a tomos gets here, God says, that will be the day that my son will return for his own. Preacher, how could that possibly happen? I don't know. I don't know. Years ago, we had that, uh, uh, we lived in a log house, had a basement, and it had a uh, dehumidifier. And, um, and every night, I about had to empty that dehumidifier. It just, drew, it just drew all of that humidity into that bucket that was on the back of that dehumidifier. And my grandma seen that one time, and she said, what's that for? And I told her what was going on, and it's just drawing all the moisture out of the air, and it's putting it in that bucket, and i got to empty it every night. And she looked at me, and she said, that's a lie. You're filling that up. <laughs> no. Even though we couldn't see that happen... It was happening. And, and every day, every moment of every day, there are billions of tons of moisture that's being, that's being collected. Billions of tons of moisture that's being collected going back up in the cloud to form the rain cycle all over again. So it's not going to be a big thing for God to be able to, in a, in a tomos in a moment, to gather his own from this world. And I want to be ready for that big day. And then there will be seven years of great tribulation unlike the world has ever seen that will happen to those that get left behind. And if you get left behind after hearing messages preached from this church, songs sing from this pulpit, and on and on and on and on, and and, and are left behind, what a tragedy that would be. When the gospel has been presented to you so many, 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 many times. And then there will be the judgment seat of Christ. And that will not be a judgment on sin. The moment a person says yes to Jesus Christ, that cancels that sin issue. But it will be a judgment on motives. Why did you do what you did at church service? Why did you teach that Sunday school class? Why did you preach that sermon? Why did you preach, why did you preach uh, 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 that series? Why did you preach? Uh, was it so people say, oh, look how good he is. Look how great he is. Well, if that's the case, I if, just take for me, for instance, I will receive no reward if my idea was, oh, I'm going to preach this sermon. Everybody's going to think just how cool the preacher is. That gets burned up, and I wouldn't have a reward for that. So it's going to be a reward based of, or judgment based upon motives and based upon stewardship. As a Christian, what have you done with your life once you give it to Jesus Christ? Have you been faithful in trying to win someone else? Have you been faithful in attending the house of God? Have you been faithful in the giving of your tithe? I'm going to feel sorry for people on that day who are going to be saved, but they will be ashamed. Because they had the time to give and didn't give it. Because they had the tithe to give, but didn't give it. Then there will be the marriage supper of the lamb. How many enjoys eating? Can't even imagine what that's going to be like. Can't even imagine. It'll be awesome. You know, there are people saying, oh, Billy Bob, he's got a big party going on down here. I don't want to miss that party. Billy Bob ain't got nothing on what God's going to be doing someday. Ain't got nothing on what God's going to be doing. And isn't it incredible in the Bible to where God almost, from the very beginning, starts with a wedding in the book of Genesis, and in the book of Revelation, at the very end, he ends with a a wedding, a marriage supper of the Lamb. I want them to show a picture of a guy that got married some time back. Yeah, there you go. What? You say I was handsome. Is that what you said? (laughs) No? Nobody said that? What? Head full of hair. hair. That's true. Beautiful bride. bride. You know what? I cannot say, as the groom, I cannot say, I am the mark, and I change not. Because I've changed. (laughs) No, not for that picture. God can say, I am the Lord, and I change not. Amen. And Jesus being the, the groom, us as the church being the bride, and one day that marriage supper of the Lamb will happen, and again, I don't want to miss that. Now, on with the message. Stephen Lacey, who is the, the music minister over to Fairfield Branch, He recently was married to his lovely bride, Kelsey. They they happened to be over at the uh, Celebration Bookstore. Uh, Maybe this was a few weeks ago. And as as in the Celebration Bookstore, Kelsey was looking at a book, this book. And she hollered over to Stephen and said, Stephen, come here. You got to look at this. He goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll get over there. And then he was looking at something else, and finally, no, you got to get over here. Come over here and look at this. And he saw it over there, and he goes, well, that's the same logo, basically, as Orchardville Church has got. And she goes, no, 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 look at the title, Tending the Orchard. Well, that's odd. Uh, You know, we go to Orchardville Church. And then she said, yeah, but how the church in the middle of nowhere became the church in the middle of everywhere. Well, he goes, well, that's really weird because uh, we're kind of the church in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And then she said, no, look at who wrote it, Mark Schell. That's the same name as our pastor. (laughs) Wow. And then she turns to the back and says, look at the picture. It's a picture of me and Kay. What is it, Jay? Help me out here. (laughs) It's a picture of me and Kay. Now, I ain't going to make fun of nobody, but that's kind (laughs) of (laughs) on. To put that in a King James version that I've seen throughout the Bible is He wist not. And that's a fancy way of saying he was clueless. (laughs) And you see that throughout the Bible. In Exodus chapter 34, and I will say in Stephen's defense, he is in some pretty good company. Because when Moses comes down from the mountain having the tables inscribed with the law of God, his face shone and he didn't know it. And when the people saw him, his face shone so much that that, uh, 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 they had to run and hide. And it says, he was not, he was clueless that the glory of God was upon his face. The Bible says this about Samson in the book of Judges chapter 16, that he was not that the Lord had departed from him. He was clueless that God had departed from him. The two men on the road to Emmaus, their hearts burned within them, and they, were, they did not realize that it was Jesus that they were talking to. In John chapter 5, the crippled man didn't realize it was Jesus who had healed him. They had, that man had been clueless. We are clueless many times, even as Americans, The greatness and the freedoms that we have and enjoy in this country. You know what we do? We take things for granted. And that's never good. Church, we don't realize just how close Jesus is in our lives. And furthermore, I don't think we'll ever realize that until we finally get to heaven. And know that everything we was going through, he was right there. He was right there. He was right there. there. He was right there, clueless, clueless. Let's don't be clueless. Number of kids saved at this last camp was how many, Logan? 16 16 in the junior high camp. I don't want to live my life clueless and not even know what's going on. I want to be very much appreciative of what's going on in the life of this church, in the life of these camps, in the life of the kids that's being touched, and the lives of the people that are being impacted, both here, Centralia, and at Fairfield. Listen, we don't realize it, everybody that works with young people, we don't realize it, you might be working with the next Billy Graham, and clueless to that fact. The man that was the teacher back hundreds of years ago, every time he would walk into, as a professor, he'd walk into his students, he would bow before them as he was bowing before royalty. And someone asked him why he did that. And he said, for that very thing, I do not know who is in the midst of this class. And on one of them classes, he was exactly spot on, but it was the German Reformation preacher, Martin Luther, who was a teenage boy. This young, this, this uh, college professor was shaping his life. I don't want to be clueless about the volunteers here at Orchardville Church. This is why we've been having, and I'm going to do this for weeks and weeks, we've been having different teams of people that volunteer. We're going to have you stand front and center so the church can know who you are. Thank God I don't want to be clueless to the fact of the people that give time, talent, and treasure to this church. Workers at Orchardville Church, staff at Orchardville Church, friends at Orchardville Church, helpers at Orchardville Church. I think it was last week I happened to be here, and and, um, Logan and Molly Hackworth, um, their youth leader that they had, youth pastor, he was here that they had years ago. And he shook my hand, and he said, I'm just going to tell you. I couldn't find what, where this place was at on GPS, and I think he was here from Cincinnati or wherever he was from. Where, where was it? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. He was here from Indianapolis. And when I, when I seen the, the sign, well, you know, there's a sign, Orchardville Church. And he said, then when I round the bend, it came up here, and I seen the building, and he goes, I've just got to ask you, how did this happen? You're in the middle of nowhere. And I said, I've been told that. It's willing workers and it's people who are willing to be able to give sacrificially and people that have a clue, thank God, of what's going on. Reach, teach, and serve. That's what this church is about. All right, I've got one point to this sermon. Here it is. There are sheep and there are goats. There's the one point. And of the two, I want to be a sheep. Amen. But even at being a sheep, God's given us a subliminal message here and a dig and maybe a slap on the, on the head saying, because think about it. They in, a, they in a school in America that is called the, uh, we'll just go with what we know around here. The Sisney sheep. Is it? No. The Centralia sheep, the Wayne City lambs. Nobody wants to be known as that. They don't have sharp fangs. They don't have claws. They're defenseless. They're powerless. They're weak. And Jesus is saying, a sheep ain't going to make it without a shepherd. shepherd." There's the point. You won't make it on your own. You got to have the shepherd. And furthermore, how many know that sheep are dumb? (laughs) They must have the shepherd. They're not going to make it without him. And sheep have got to watch. This is why the shepherd have got the staff to where he can, he can, row, he can go because at times they'll, they'll, the sheep will lay on an incline or on a, maybe on an incline of some sort and be laying there as he's grazing. And if he's not watching it and if he's not being careful, all of a sudden he just keeps going over and over until finally he's on his back. He's <laughs> back. And the bad, don't even realize they're being dumb again. Bad, that's the dinner bell for the nearest wolf. (laughs) Bad. And what's happened, the term is he has been cast down. That's why anytime you see that in the Bible, we think of it one way. Any Jewish person would read that in the Hebrew times of that time and would know exactly what's going on. That is a matter of life and death being cast down. Because there they are with the membrane of their tummy is real thin. And that hot Judean sun will heat up and will heat that membrane. And in doing that, will heat up those juices that's there to break down the food and will literally boil that sheep to death. That's why the shepherd comes over and says, "Oh, there's that dumb sheep again," and takes his hook and just flips him over. (laughs) I've been trying to imitate things more. My brother does that real good, and uh, that was probably a miss. There are sheep and there are goats as individual people. Guess what? This scripture says there are sheep nations and there are goat nations. Sheep nations and goat nations. Goats are rebellious. They're self-willed. They will not be led. And what you do with a, with a goat that refuses to be led, you barbecue them is what you do. <laughs> And God is saying here in this scripture that goats treat me the same way they treat the hungry. The same way they treat the thirsty. The same way they treat the stranger. The same way they treat the naked. The same way they treat the sick. And the same way they would treat a prisoner. A goat does this. And God says this. I was hungry. You went to a nice restaurant. I was thirsty, but you drank all the water. I was a stranger, and you wouldn't take the time to know me. There's a wonderful book out now, and I can't remember exactly who wrote it, but it's, it's Walk Across the Room. Be willing to take the initiative to learn who someone is. No, that church isn't just, they're not very friendly, and won't go out of your way to even shake someone's hand. And then we'll indict everybody because you're unfriendly. I was naked and you bought yourself another outfit. Yeah, that, that was from God there. <laughs> I was sick and you said, I'm glad I don't have that. I was in prison and you said, that's just what he deserves. And God says, conversely, the sheep treat me the same way that they treat the hungry, the same way they treat, they treat the thirsty, the same way they treat the stranger, the same way they treat the naked, the same way they treat the sick, the same way they treat a prisoner. I was hungry, and you went and fed someone. Listen, people, I don't know how this works, but supernaturally, the moment that you do an act of kindness towards someone, that supernaturally goes straight to God. Because if you do it unto the least of these, you're doing it unto him. I was hungry, you went and fed someone. I was thirsty, you went and gave someone drink. I was a stranger, you went and befriended them. I was naked and you bought someone a coat. I was sick and you visited them in the hospital. I was a prisoner and you sent them a letter. And the point is, they couldn't help everybody, but thank God they helped somebody. And I've always detested that, whether it's in a a business meeting or in a church setting or whatever, that, well, you know, if we just can't help everybody, we just won't help anybody. That's stupid. That's stupid. You try to reach the people you can reach. In verse 23. In verse 42, let me pick up here and then we'll close. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat. See that word no? I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. You see that word no? I was a stranger and you took me not in. You see that word not? Naked and you clothed me not. You see that word not? Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. You see that word not? Goats, their lives is filled up with no, no, not, not, not. Could you help out? No. I don't want to get involved. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to help. And God said in judgment that person will be held accountable. Wow. Wow. Inasmuch, in verse 45, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Everybody's got an assignment this week. Everybody. Everybody. Here's your assignment. When you go through a drive through I want you to look at the car behind you and size them up, and it'll be either, no, we're just going to do it this way. I want you to pay for their beverage. Now, if it's a van full of 15 kids, no, <laughs> you don't have to do that. But this would be a good assignment. You say, yeah, but I may never hear hear from them. That's not the point. God knows. God knows. And as simple as that is about handing someone a drink, and God said, when you do that, you're handing me a drink. And we can go through life clueless to that fact. Let's don't be clueless anymore. I'm sure that there are there are there are workers. We hear all these wonderful stories about camp, thank God for every one of them. But there are workers to where there were certain bratty kids that it was just like, oh, they're just oh they're just oh they're just oh they're just ruining it. They're just oh just and yet if they help that child, they're doing it unto Jesus. Wow Wow. Wow. There have been people down through the years that have given me clothes. They they may not even realize it, but it's like that they were doing that unto Jesus. I, in turn, have given people clothing and different things. It's like I'm doing that unto Jesus. When you do it to the least of these, that's all of us. When you do it to the least of these, you're doing it unto him. Let's don't live clueless in life. Let's know what we're about. And as a church we're trying to reach people. We're trying to do the very best that we can with what we have. And I believe God will honor that. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your savior, I don't want you to be clueless. I don't want you to get to heaven and say, well, I didn't know. The preacher didn't make it plain enough or I just, it was was too hard for me to understand. Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago whereby every human being can say, I receive that salvation for me. And you can have the freedom of that salvation. Preacher, how on earth could something that happened 2,000 years ago have any impact on me today? How could something that happened 230-plus years ago have an impact on you today? Think about George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, John Adams, brave men and women that stood against England and got our freedom, and every person that's born in America today owes in part their freedom because of what men and women did 230 years ago. It's the same principle. What Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago, we can enjoy the freedom of salvation because of his sacrifice that he gave. Bow your heads, please. Lord, as faltering as this message was, we're still very thankful to be able to bring it today. I'm thankful, Lord, that I felt good, and I'm thankful, dear God, for your healing portion upon me, and God, I continue to receive that. Lord, I'm believing for the miraculous, but Lord, I'll take a healing as well. Either one, I'll be happy, and I'm asking and praying, God, for your touch upon this service today. Lord, for someone here that they know that they're not saved, they've never asked Jesus to be their Savior, they went through the motions, they've come to church, they've heard a preacher, they, they go back home and do their own thing and they never live for you, God, speak to them, trouble their heart and let them know that they need you as Savior. There are people today, Lord, that maybe they need a jump start in what you have placed within their life a long time ago. I'm praying, God, that you would jumpstart their heart, charge them back up to the Lord where they know that they're not clueless, but they're doing and they're living their life in accordance to you and your word. Help us to impact people. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Take my dreams Take all my fears Take everything Take all my fears, take everything. It's all for you, it's all for. Call of me, take everything, it's all for you, take my dreams, take all